Funding for this class is provided by Benjamin Arieh and family in loving memory of Raphael, son of Chacham Rabbi Chia. Now we get to the next blessing. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who girds the people of Israel with might. When you put on your belt, you make the blessing. In the morning, after you wear your clothes, you put on your belt. You button your pants, you put on your belt. So you make the blessing of forgirding us with might. This is the first blessing that he mentions Israel. All the other blessings, we say thank you for clothing the naked. You don't say clothing Israel. Everyone wears clothes. For shoes, everyone puts on shoes. We don't specify, yes, we are, we are thanking Hashem for all these seemingly simple and mundane things that we do every morning, for getting dressed, for standing up. But we don't specify Jews because it's universal. Everyone wakes up. The only difference is, what's unique is that we're blessing Hashem and we're thanking Hashem and we're, we're bringing Hashem into the picture. But in the blessing, you don't specifically mention why are we mentioning here that we put on our belt. Everyone puts on belts. What's, what's special about the Jewish people? The Jewish people are putting on their belts. Because we're distinguishing between the reason we put on a belt and the reason the whole world puts on a belt. The whole world wears a belt for power. You know, like a soldier wears a belt, and you put your sword in your belt, you put your gun, your armor, your weapons. You feel strengthened. You wear a belt, you feel strong. You gird yourself, you're ready to go. A belt strengthens you. Also, a belt even helps for your internal organs. If you're about to run or do some vigorous activity, it can upset your inner organs. Like this, you girdle yourself and you tighten yourself. It gives you the strength. It prepares you. Now I'm ready to run. I'm ready to exert myself. And I'm ready to go. And I'm, it's like you prepare yourself. But it's a sign of power. For a Jew, the belt has a whole different connotation. Yes, it's strength. But it's a different type of strength. It's an internal type of strength. It's a different type of battle. The halacha says that when a Jew prays, if you read the Shema or you pray, so not only do you have to be covered, you can't be naked, it's not modest, you can't say the Shema or pray when you're naked, you have to be covered. We learned earlier about clothes, idea of modesty, but it's not enough, for example. Let's say you're lying under, 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 the, under your blanket. You're naked, but you're lying under the blanket, so you're covered. You're modest. But under the blanket, your heart and your private parts are on the same level. So your heart sees your private parts. You can't read the Shema. You must have a belt. You have to make a separation. You have to put the blanket and, uh, that should separate between your heart and the lower parts of your body. So there should be a separation. Because man is divided. We're one part animal and one part uh, angel. One part human and one part animal. And one has, we're very sensual. And that's the lower parts. And like the animal, 
it's all about our body, our circulatory system, our respiratory system, our digestive system. You know, even in the genes, there's hardly any difference in human genes and animal genes. <laughs> there's very, very few differences. You know, our body is functioning. We have our bodily functions, like we learned about the blessing of Asher Yatzer. We discussed it. So you have that part within us, that animalistic, central, physical self and urges. And then you have the heart. The heart and the mind represent the spiritual, the angel within us, the part that yearns to go up, the part that yearns to be godly, the part that wonders and questions and, and feels a love for Hashem and wants to be pure and holy and godly. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a tough struggle. So we have to make a separation. We have to, we have to belt. We have to belt ourselves. We have to be ready. It's a battle. And who is a strong person? Whoever controls his urges and his instincts. If you can make that separation, that the lower part of yourself should subjugate itself to its higher self. You have to learn to control your appetites. You have to learn not to follow every urge and every instinct. You have to learn to discipline yourself. You have to learn to have impulse control. Not to just succumb and surrender to your central and core self. You have to have something higher. And in this battle between the upper and the lower part, there's only one way for this battle to go. The higher part of you has to win. Because the lower part of you, yes, it can go kicking and screaming, but at the end of the day, it'll be very happy. No one regrets acting morally and having the courage to do the right thing. It may be tough and difficult and sacrifice, but at the end of the day, it's wholesome. You feel like a million dollars. No one regrets doing the right thing, having the courage and the moral courage to overcome a, a craving, a, a lust, an urging, an instant a raging desire, which you know is self-destructive and you know it's a dead end, and you know it's going nowhere. It's just the heat of the moment. But if you're able to control yourself, you feel like a million dollars. No one regrets. And you can even learn, the mystic even learns, to rejoice in that surrender. It doesn't feel like a surrender. It feels like you feel, you understand it and you appreciate it. The other way can never work. The reverse can never work. Your higher self, your soul, your mind and your heart can never make peace with surrendering to your animal self, to your coarse, crass, egotistical, egomaniacal self. It'll never be satisfied. It'll never be happy. It can't live with that decision. It'll go underground. It'll become uh, a guerrilla warfare. And that's why you're going to become depressed and angry. And that's why Jews invented psychology. And most Jews are psychologists. And most psychologists are Jews. Most of the patients are Jewish. Because it, it doesn't go away. They, the Jews are angry and intense and then creating revolutions or destroying or wreaking havoc. Because a, a Jew who lives his life, who surrenders himself to his coarser and crasser self, the godly soul within you just goes into hiding. It's guerrilla warfare. That's why Jews are guilt-ridden. It doesn't work for us. It, your soul can never make peace with that lifestyle. You can try to delude yourself and convince yourself from today to tomorrow and parade in the streets from today to tomorrow and announce in front of the whole world you're proud of your coarseness and crassness and arrogance and total surrender to your lowest, lowest self. Your soul doesn't buy it for a second. Your own soul doesn't buy it for a second. Your higher self never buys it, will never buy it. 
Because it's nonsense. You're reducing yourself to an animal. You're telling us you have no choice. This is who I am. Of course you have a choice. And it's not who you are. There are genes that predispose people to alcohol. There are 20 million recovered alcoholics just in America. So just because I have a predisposition doesn't mean anything. I'm not an animal. Genes are not destiny. I'm human. I'm godly. I'm divine. I have a godly soul. Hashem gave me the mind and the heart and the ability to overcome. That's the belt that we make between the higher and the lower to be Jewishes. And that's what real strength is. That's why you have to girdle yourself in the morning. Not as a show of power, of physical power and prowess and might, but a show of spiritual power. That I have the power to separate between the higher and the lower. And this is the type of boundary. Only a person who has boundaries, a person who lives within the boundaries of the Torah. This is the American-Canadian boundary. This is the American-Canadian border. This is a border that leads to peace and harmony. Because when you teach and you subjugate the lower self to listen and to obey and to follow your higher self, your body is happy at the end of the day. It's a wholesome life. You get nachas. Not spiritual nachas. Physical nachas. It's wholesome. It's good. You're happy. Versus if you surrender... Wholesale surrender, and let alone you make it into a whole cause of celebrity. You've ruined your life, you've destroyed your life. So this is the only way to make that peace. And that's the God, that's why we mentioned the Jewish people. The Jewish people, this is the whole Jewish lifestyle. This is what distinguishes the Jewish people. We make a belt between the higher and the lower. Not we don't acknowledge we're human and we're just as sensual as anyone else. We love sensuality and a part of us pulls us in that direction just like anyone else. But the Torah, the Jewish lifestyle, we wake up in the morning, we bless Hashem, we ask Hashem to draw down the strength and the energy to give us the strength to girdle ourselves, that we should have the strength, the inner strength and the courage, impulse control, overcome our natural urges and instincts, teach the lower part to surrender and subjugate itself to the upper part, to the heart and the mind, to pray, to connect with Hashem. And then that leads to harmony. That's the only way to make peace. It's the only way that can lead to genuine harmony, genuine peace. There's no other way. You know, we had unconditional surrender from the Nazis. And we've been living, we had 80 years of peace with Germany. Unconditional surrender from the Japanese, and we had 80 years of peace with Japan. That's the only way, unconditional surrender. Not, well, let me accommodate my lower selves. Well, let's surrender a little here. Let's accommodate a little there. No, that's not the way it works. You have to girdle yourself, make a belt, a separation, a healthy boundary. No. The lower self has to subjugate itself to the higher self. And then you lead a wholesome life, not just spiritually wholesome, emotionally wholesome, psychologically wholesome, but physically wholesome. So we're thanking Hashem. And we mentioned the Jewish people because this is what distinguishes us. This, this captures the essence of our whole approach to life, our lifestyle. This is the Jewish approach. And that's how we remain attached to Hashem. Hashem says, when you girdle yourself like you're attaching your clothes, instead of your clothes being loose, when you put a belt, 
you're, you're tightening, making, bringing it very close to us. We're saying that we are very close to Hashem. Hashem keeps us very close. We're very close to Hashem. But what keeps us close to Hashem? When we lead a Jewish lifestyle, when we lead a Jewish lifestyle, when we have the inner strength to make that belt and to make that separation and to overcome our cheaper and natural urges and instincts and not to surrender to our natural urges and instincts. This is what brings us closer to Hashem. You know, the word of marriage is called Kiddushin. What's Kiddushin? Kiddushin means separation. Because she is now, your spouse is now separated from anyone else in the world. Totally committed to each other and to no one else. It's that separation that makes it holy, that makes it sacred, that makes that relationship special. So to connect with Hashem, you have to, what makes that, that connection holy and special and sacred is because we separate ourselves from carnality and from sensuality and from lust and from eroticism. We elevate. We elevate the world. We don't run away from material. On the contrary, we celebrate. But it's done in a kosher way, in a holy way, in an elevated way. We eat, but we eat kosher. We have relations, but there's a mikveh. There's a time. There's a time of separation, a time of intimacy. There's modesty. We, believe, we love beauty, but there's modesty. There's boundaries. There's healthy boundaries. When there's healthy boundaries, then the flame, the fire flourishes. Then you can be intimate. Versus eroticism destroys your ability to be intimate. It's completely self-destructive. It's lighting a fire in your living room and you're burning the house down. Yeah, you're having fun for the moment, but it completely destroys your ability to be intimate with yourself and to be intimate with another human being. Versus when the fire is in the fireplace, there's a boundary, there's a belt, there's a separation, there's a boundary, then it's a flame that warms, that heats. It's like fire and water. You want to bring fire and water together, you need a boundary. It's called a pot. When you have a pot, then it works beautiful. Then they work beautifully together. <laughs> then the upper part of the person, the lower part of the person works beautifully together. When you have a healthy boundary, the Torah, the mitzvot, the inner self-discipline, the Jewish way of life, if you abandon that, then you've lost the sacredness. You've lost that intimacy, that special relationship with Hashem. Hashem wants to hold us close Hashem wants to, we should tie ourselves close. In other words, Hashem is holding us close to Him. But to do that, we have to girdle ourselves. We have to show that strength. And when we separate ourselves from coarseness and crassness, materialism, then we become close to Hashem. Then you can feel that sanctity, feel that intimacy, celebrate that intimacy we have with Hashem. So there's of every blessing you can see, there's so much in each blessing, so powerful. It's not just... We say it in like run of the mill and we just say it every morning. We're not even paying attention to what we're saying. We're saying Hashem's name and a blessing for each and every particular blessing. To say Hashem's name, we don't say Hashem's name in vain. You know, we could have just said Baruch Atah Hashem and list this whole list, all these items and, and make one blessing. No, every, each one of these is a separate blessing. Each one of these deserves its own blessing. Each one of these is so pregnant with meaning, is so powerful and so relevant each and every day and each and every morning. But we're blessing Hashem, or we're thanking Hashem, but we're drawing down the strength of Hashem to girdle ourselves and to, to strengthen ourselves. And 
Remember we said earlier, these are the clothes. Clothes is something that envelops you. It surrounds you. So the shoe is what surrounds the, the lower part of a person, the legs. Here, we're thanking Hashem for the clothes that surround our heart. The center. In other words, our emotions. Because sometimes we need that extra strength. It's not enough that we do the right thing. We do the mitzvah. We have the shoes. And we're going and we're doing the right thing. And we, we have the commitment and that strength. But we want to do the mitzvah with love. We want to do the mitzvah with feeling, with passion, with, with enthusiasm. So this is the strength that we get from the faith, our faith, of the deepest level of faith within our neshama, the pintle within us that envelops us and surrounds us. It's the clothes that surround us, this belt that surrounds us. And that gives us the strength that we can feel our relationship with Hashem. We can actually feel it and experience it and celebrate it and cherish it and feel the intimacy and feel the warmth. So this is the blessing. We're drawing down this ability to feel, to, to, to strengthen us that we should actually, our heart should actually feel and experience this love and this closeness to Hashem. So that's the belt. The belt is what gives us strength. Well, the Shalah Kaddish, and if you remember from tanyaclass.com, the very first of the holy letters, the fourth part of the Tanya, Alter Rebbe discusses the, the idea of a belt, putting a belt around your loins. And that gives you strength. So he explains it here that your loins, that's your faith. That's what holds up the whole body. Your faith is what holds up your whole body, including your heart and your mind. It's your faith that holds it up. Why could a Jew develop an awareness of Hashem, a sense of Hashem's presence? Why could we, could we develop a feeling for Hashem? Because we have that faith. So we have an innate, inherent bias to see godliness, to sense godliness and everything because it's so deeply rooted in us. It's so deeply ingrained in us subconsciously. We have such a deep faith in Hashem that automatically our mind, it almost bribes us to see things in a certain way. We see our mind always is open to see godliness. Our heart is open to feel and experience godliness. So it's the faith that holds up the whole body. The, like the legs hold up, the loins, the legs hold up, the mind and the heart. But the legs also need strengthening. You need a gartel, you need a belt. What's the belt, the Alter Rebbe says, and the Shalah says about this also. He says, what's the belt? The Torah. The Torah is called strength. Hashem gave us the Torah. It says, we always say, we heard Torah from the strong one. Gevura, strength. When a Jew studies Torah, specifically the oral Torah, the halacha, the oral Torah, this is what strengthens our faith. Just like the oral Torah reveals the will of Hashem, so the oral, when you study Talmud and you study halacha and the Mishnah and you study the oral Torah, it reveals your faith. It brings it out into the open. That becomes the belt, the faith that envelops us and strengthens our heart. And now suddenly I can feel, experience that intimacy with Hashem, that love for Hashem, that closeness to Hashem. So I don't just, my heart melts. I don't just do the mitzvah. I do it with feeling and love and passion. It's alive for me. So that's what we're asking Hashem. This is the blessing. We're asking Hashem, draw down the strength. Give me the strength I should have these... these this belt that will strengthen my, 
my love for you.